Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, Munganass, driving the award-winning Balloon Party from 10 to 11. It's a short drive, kind of take a scenic route. Do we ever go anywhere? No, we just drive around. It's, and then but, they go, hey, time to go. <laughs> that That is the case, but t- it's not about... The destination, it's about the journey. Oh, my God. So we're going to be poignant today, I can tell. You're welcome to get involved and enjoy the uh, communication of the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Jackson just shook his head. Something's bothering him. Let's get to the bottom of it right now, right out of the gate. No, I figured it out. What was the problem? Tell me. Some of my email wasn't working, but now we're good. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jackson, we went to the Blues game last night. We did. Uh, Of course, everybody in the building sees you regularly, and uh, it was nice to see them all... Uh, talking it over with you as we uh, enjoyed the festivities. The Blues win again. Here what do we come. got going on here? The percentage for the Blues to make the playoffs is now higher than to get Connor Bedard. That's, that's I'm monitoring nice. that on Money Puck, for gotcha. the record. Do you believe? Well. Do you believe? I mean, we kind of talked about it the other day. Some about the closer you get to the trade deadline or once, like, rosters become more set. Some guys just get more comfortable knowing where they're going to be until the end of the season. Maybe that affects it. Other times, you know. Teams just get hot sometimes and win, win these babies. I think that uh, the thing, the thing though, is, is I think people kind of go, well, Barbashev's gone. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe the game changes. It's, it's not preposterous mathematically for it to happen. And I was watching Craig Berube's postgame, and he was talking about how, I don't know, they're just, they've come back with an energy. I think there's a chip on the shoulder. And they're playing. They're play- I mean, that's a damn good team they beat. It's one thing to, you know, fumble F around with the Coyotes. Now I'm going to freestyle a question for you. Oh, this was not part of the tight script that we put together for today's show. I know. So this is going to be uh, groundlings-like improv here. Do you think it would be unwise of the Blues to change their strategy about what they're going to do at the deadline based on a short sample size of games? I think you're framing the question to get a no answer. I want to give you my honest observation on that. Okay. Um, with that said, even without you trying to lead me, leading the witness, mm-hmm. I would say, no, it still isn't happening. Right. And I would be more than happy to wind up being wrong. And we play this audio back on June 16th when there right. is a second parade down market in four years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... Blues are plus 10,000 to win the Stanley Cup right now if you're interested in throwing 100 on that. Eh, 100 isn't worth your time. 10,000 isn't worth your time for that matter. Right, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll put 10,000 on it and then we'll really just go to work. Then it comes to some money that actually matters to you. Now we're talking. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's fun to watch. We were sitting right next to each other and I was telling you, oh, the Blues are the team in blue. 
and they were they were peppering. They were peppering they the were. Devils in the first period. They were. Not as many uh, shots on goal in the second period. Didn't matter. They were able to capitalize and uh, kept the Devils in check in the third period. And hello again, everybody. It's another win. Yeah. Kyra threw a nice little saucy wrister. Oh, wow. Look yeah. at this. It's like Panger's co-hosting today. Yeah. Well, when you sit next to Doug Vaughn for a hockey game, you learn a lot. He says saucy wrister? I, I started out the game saying there's four reps in hockey. I... I, I forgot that because I, I heard you say it, and I go, there's the lead for balloon party tomorrow. And you were complaining. You felt like it was overkill. Oh, uh, it's overhandling. It's not that big a surface. Uh, so this is you're going to dive in on this, and you're going to die on this hill today. I think three would suffice. I'm just looking out for the safety of the zebras, and I feel like I'm the only one doing that. Well, one of the wonderful things is we now have a healthy sample size of four officials, and I believe everybody has survived. Yeah, but that one time it doesn't, something happens. Everyone's going to be pointing around like, why didn't we bring this up earlier? And then they'll point right to Piddles, a pioneer of safety. Who knew? Uh, guys, the City Away kit is out. What are your thoughts? Oh, no way. There's nothing I like. And I actually said this to Jackson last night. I said, i got to tell you, Devils have nice sweaters. Really nice. White, white, red, and black in any combination almost always works. Like any sports team, it almost always works. They have a tinge of green, too. Did you know that? Sometimes they will go Ugh. with a more green. Let me see. i got to see these uniforms. No show cares about uniforms more than this nitwit hour. I'm proud of that. Uh, so the home kit is city red. It is not pink. We will fight you on that. <laughs> it is city red. It has some navy and it has some yellow. It does have yellow, but some of the jerseys have less yellow. Yeah. I don't know how that worked out. Is this on their Twitter account? I'm looking for it. Uh, I yes. Hope, I hope I wasn't misleaded, misled. Oh, boy. Um, all right. All right, uh, here we go. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of buildup here in this video, uh, so I'm not able to necessarily tell you what the colors are just yet because there's a long lead-in. It's kind of like the Pepper and Genie podcast. It appears to be... Okay, we cut away again. Uh, I think it's gray. There's a lot of shot. When you go to the STL City SC uh, Twitter account, you will see the video. We're about 30 seconds it's in. It's white. It's white? It's white. Huh. Cool. I still can't. There's there's people. Yeah, this is like this is like if Mizzou really went hard on the uniform reveal. Uh, it's a very long video, but it is a white jersey, and it looks like, and now I'm not positive about this, it looks like a pinstripe has entered the chat. Pinstripe is oh yeah, it does. There is a hundred percent pinstripe in there. Yeah, I kinda like that. I gotta tell you, I like the uniform. Yeah, I, I like those a lot. I'm sorry, I like the kit. Uh the V-neck I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but I can get over that. But it is a that's a solid now I'm curious what short they go with underneath. If I had to get if they go all white, I'm all in. I think that's it's a, all white. Oh, that's sweet then. The twenty twenty three Road Spirit kit has been revealed. And you approve of it. Big time, yeah. I don't see any yellow this time. No, I see, but the perfect amount of just red accents, and I really like the pinstripes. I think that's a nice touch. Because it's like subtle pinstripes. It's not like the Yankees where it's like, you know, navy blue pinstripes. It's like a very subtle gray pinstripe. I will take the road kit over the home kit. All due respect, one of the, one of the tenets of this program is some people like some things and some people like other things. Right. And in this case... I, my preference is the white on white of the road kit of the St. Louis City Dogs. Yeah, this the, this is I mean this is a good uniform. I'm that that's one that I would buy. You would wear that around. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why Bed of Cumberbatch just entered the studio there, but uh, yes, I would wear <laughs> imitation game. I would wear yeah, good. 
Uh, Piddles, the V-neck allows for maximum nacho enjoyment for the fan experience. That's from the 573. Yeah, I guess it's like a it's like a makeshift bib. I guess it's easier to put a bib in, like a lobster <laughs> bib. <laughs> the shorts will be gray and also a navy pair. That's from the 314. I, I do now. Sometimes teams do switch up the shorts based on the other team's shorts. Like if another team's wearing white shorts, they'll wear like a red short or a navy short. Uh, guys, it says it's gray online. Thanks, 314. See, that you look, that's the training kit. That The gray thing is the training. That's what, what they we wear just saw. I, if you told, I, I think it's white. Yes, that with one some is pinstripes. white. It's white with pinstripes. It's a sharp look. Real sharp. Big fan. Road kit crushes it. That's from the 636. It's getting approval. Yeah, yeah. Road kit is uh, really, really solid. And I figured they go white. Some teams go like a completely different color, like a blue. But uh, I'm glad they went with a more traditional white look. I think it looks good. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, people say it's light gray. It's not white. It's from I, the I, I mean, unless my eyes are deceiving me, that is a white uniform. How could it be? Any, is, it, is it bone? You consider bone gray? Bone thunks at harmony. I like that. I like that group. Do you like Crossroads more or first of the month? Go. First of the month. Your your thoughts, 314-399-9646. Leave a mic drop on the topic. It's got to be white. Now I'm confused. Jackson's diaper might be too noticeable in white shorts. That's from the 636. Boy, that diaper in Jamaica. It'll live forever. I should have I should have stepped in early on that. Go ahead, step in now. There's nothing I can do. The video's out there. I'm not wearing a diaper. I like. Have people never seen diapers before? Because that looks nothing like a diaper. Does a belt look like a diaper? Your thoughts? You can also let me drop on that topic. Doug, or not Doug, Jackson. It's in the product description. It's from the 636. Where? The the tweet, the video doesn't have a product description. I was just looking at the video. which Maybe it's available on the website for people to purchase, bro. The video is a little overhandled, but I like it. Sounds like you took a shot and then at the end said you liked it. Well... Let's cut to the chase. Now that I'm on STL City SC, I got to tell you, I would say it's gray. Oh, no. Yeah, I would is. say it's gray. It is gray. So now you are now, you're just now stepping down. Well, now. Well, you were so passionate about it. You got all riled up about the diaper comment, and now you're having to wear it. <sighs> yeah. And the diaper. Uh, oh, but the font on the, on the back. Look at the font on the back. That's really strong. I really like this. I still like so it. You still even... like it, even though you were saying it was white on white, and that made it great, and now it's gray. Yeah, I still really like it, though. But it's like a light gray where it could be conceived as, as, as white. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm sticking with it. Still like it. Love the font on the back for the names and numbers. That's going to be great. Uh, big fan of it. White, gray, doesn't matter to me. Tim, why is Jackson in studio not taking the day off to get amped for the NBA All-Star festivities? It's from the 636. I can do that while working. That just shows my dedication yeah, to the craft. multitasker. Uh, Tim, did you ever uh, get a chance to meet uh, Tim McCarver? I know we've had him on the show multiple times, um, and I really, truly, I mean, I loved him with with Joe Buck. I recall him with Al Michaels. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he was on the call, and I bet people are going to text in right away and tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think he was on the call of the famous Don Denkinger call Mm. with Al Michaels. Wow. Game 6, 85. Wow. Um, He was also on the call with... Joe Buck for David Freeze, Game yes. 6, 2011. And yep. his final World Series game was when? Jackson, see if you know. The Royals in 15? Nope, not a bad guess, though. Cubs in 16? Nope. My earlier or later? You're uh, too late. Okay. Uh, Cardinals in 13? Cardinals and Red correct. Sox in 13? That is correct. Third time's a charm. Who made the final out of the 2013 World Series? Go. 
Uh, uh, Colton Wong? Nope. Uh, he did in one of the games when he was picked off, but right. this wasn't a bat. Um, uh, how do you like my air horn, by the way? I feel like it's so pretty, I bet it sounds good it's on one of the best. It's one of the best things about you, which it's such yeah. an extensive list. I know. It's like um, top 100. <laughs> I Matt Carpenter. I don't have time I with the NBA All-Star Weekend here. I, know, I will if you want to break down the dunk contest. I'm here. So Ledoux is translucent, balding, and wears diapers, plus now is colorblind. I am slightly colorblind, but it, it doesn't impact my life too much. Quote, the arch gray color. Oh, the mouse just died, so I can't keep reading. There we go. The arch gray color and river blue pinstripes are a symbol of the street, the steel beams that shape the stadium. That's, you know, I'm a fan of symbolism. I think I'm, that's well known. I like a nice allegory, but um, I just think that's a, it's a sharp looking uniform. So you're on board, even though the color has changed in this segment from being white on white to now you're acknowledging it's gray. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's not necessarily like dependent on the shade. It's just a nice light color, and I like that. All right, fair enough. Jackson's on board. And I think it, it offsets nicely with the city red. Okay. Uh, we will have the Little Pill Six Shooter coming up, um, and, and uh, Bob Costas and Tim McCarver talking it over. Bob Costas asking Tim McCarver, the best World Series game he ever called. And then it leads into another moment from his storied career. Uh, we'll have that for you coming up as well. As always, you're welcome to get involved. 314-399-9646 is how you can text into the Air Comfort Service text line. And you are welcome to uh, leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. And uh, be a friend of the feather. I think Stephen Wildwood has been leaving him and feels like this is uh, North Korea where his messages are not being heard. So I hope that we play that today. Uh, that's misrepresenting the truth. Has he been leaving mic drops? Mm-hmm. Well, then what part was inaccurate? Next question. Wow. What a segment. This will be on the <laughs> resume reel, too. Uh, time for us to take a commercial break. Come back with Little Pill Six Shooter and Stephen Wildwood mic drop. <laughs> this is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett. Yep. And it's Friday, and it's 1020 time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. And that means it's time for the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Ladies and gentlemen, Pull up a chair. Yep. Pull up a chair and uh, take the safety off because here we go. Friday six shooter. So my first question would have been a lot better if the Blues would have lost last night. I got to be honest oh, with you. Boy. Uh, but I'll still ask it anyways. <sighs> I'll still ask it anyways. Uh, I think it's fair to assume that it's time to Couldn't look. Couldn't have called an audible. No. Uh, I think it's fair to assume that the, the Blues need to look to the future. Given the circumstances of all the long-term contracts that they do have, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think an active offseason could put the Blues on the right back into contention? Well, one of the more significant developments over the last 24 hours has been the talk of the possibility of Colton Pareko being traded. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one of the things that may color a lot of Blues fans' perspectives on Pareko is the role he has now versus the role he had when Petrangelo was here. And so if a team were to acquire Pareko, they wouldn't be expecting him to be their top defenseman. And his contract is constructed as such that while it's perhaps an albatross for the Blues, 
uh, for a team that actually does have somebody who's closer in skill to Triangelo, uh, he would be more of that secondary piece than he has been in St. Louis over the last couple of seasons. In other words, he wouldn't likely draw the ire of the fan base if they were to deal him. I think uh, Doug Armstrong couldn't make a move that would be more popular in St. Louis than trading Colton Pareko. Yeah, I think that would be the mo- the best thing you could possibly do. Which reminds me that Jeremy Rutherford, loyal listener of Balloon Party, um, just texted and said, keep in mind with regards to you and your observation of the color of these STL City Dogs uniforms, this is the guy who said that Ryan O'Reilly's hair is red. Red adjacent. I you, have, have a, you have a colorblind issue. I have a slight issue. It doesn't plague my wife, but sometimes some colors kind of look similar to me. And speaking of Jerry Rutherford, he gets more emails about Colton Pareko than anybody else. I imagine so. So. so if that could somehow happen, I don't know if that's likely to happen by a third or if that's an off-season deal, but uh, wow and wow and wow. Yeah, that would be a huge development. Uh, all right, moving on. Second bullet. We talked yesterday about your Cardinals nerddom, and we have also talked before about as the uh, older people grow, sometimes the less important sports has on their lives. Mm, mm. Why do you think that is, and do you think it is healthy to kind of grow out of the sports obsession? Uh, well, I mean, again, this is a show that's about liberty, mm-hmm. and I feel like it should be called the Liberty Show. And I'd like to really see if we could pass that legislation through. Coming up next, the Liberty Show. <laughs> but... Uh, because we're pro-liberty, I, I, I don't think it would be uh, wise to tell one what is healthy and what is not. I can only speak for myself. I think one of the things that I have observed in my fandom is once the Cardinals won a World Series in 2006, my passion for seeing the Cardinals win a World Series declined because I got a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Once the Blues won a Stanley Cup in 2019, my passion for seeing the Blues win a Stanley Cup declined because I got a chance to see it. So now my holy grail of sorts, and I got to be honest with you, whereas I felt like the Blues would win a Stanley Cup at some point, uh, and certainly I felt like the Cardinals would have won a World Series, the idea of Missouri winning a football national championship or the United States winning a World Cup, which are my two remaining holy grails, and I'll, I guess I'll include Missouri in college basketball, but it isn't as, it isn't as, you know, it just isn't something that I'm as strong about because I feel like it depends on who's officiating that particular day. All due respect, I know that hurts. But uh, that, I think, plays a role in it. So in other words, I would imagine, say, if you are a Cleveland Guardians fan, your passion for seeing them win a World Series has not dissipated as you've grown older as much as, say, perhaps like a Cubs fan who mm-hmm. got a chance to see their team beat the Guardians in right. 2016 um, or a Red Sox fan, and it became generational, which is what I think was the case for a lot of Blues fans. When the Blues won, a lot of people, I bet, were thinking of their mother or father or grandmother or grandfather who introduced them to the game, went to games with them, and we're thinking of them when they saw Petrangelo lift the Stanley Cup. And yeah. that's that's a natural part of it. So I think for, for people as they grow up, um, there are other priorities. But I also think when you get a chance to see it, the passion for it isn't as intense as it was when it hadn't happened yet in your lifetime. It burns the strongest when it's wanting more. Oh, so you disagree then, based on what you just said, unless you just decided to say words without thinking about what they meant. 
which I'm putting about a third of my bankroll on. No, what I'm saying, like, you want more. Like, a Mizzou fan wants the uh, national championship more. A Browns fan wants the Super Bowl more, so it burns hotter. Once they win, it's natural for that flame to burn a little less hot. Okay, I I agree with that. I don't think that's what you said. Can somebody play that audio back? Does anybody have that audio? It's available? been stricken from the record. All right, on. third bullet. Okay. This is the real meat and potatoes of the six shooter. Right oh here. wow! Yeah, with Missouri taking on Texas A and M this week, <laughs> following the thrashing they took on the plains. Aren't you going down to Soulard and drinking daiquiris at nine a.m.? I mean, are you going to be in a spot to to watch this at oh, five? I'm going to be locked in by All five right, o'clock. That's going to be a promise, and there'll be no daiquiris. Um, that's only in Jamaica. Um, <laughs> So, While wearing a dipe. <laughs> given the rest of the schedule, and for those who aren't locked in, I, I know most of you are, but I don't want to right, just play this simple base. Uh, very winnable games for the rest of the season after Saturday's game. George on the road could prove to be tough. Mississippi State at home could prove to be tough. Outside of that, they'll be favoring almost every other their game. They got Ole Miss, and who's the one we're leaving out? Uh, LSU, LSU at right. LSU. Um, do you think that this game is a real big chance against a formidable formidable opponent right before the SEC tournament to get that confidence back after losing at Auburn? Because I, I we we both agree that the this Auburn is such a game, vapid question. But the Auburn game was kind of free roll. But when you lose in that fashion, it can take a lot out of you. We saw after Kansas how they responded with the UCF game. Do you think this is another opportunity against a good opponent to come back and be strong heading into the final stretch of the I season? I would be surprised if they did not win tomorrow. I like to hear that. I just it, it, number one, they're at home, college basketball, and number two, Missouri has shown great bounce back. Yeah, and so, but, but I also think that's part of the psychology in college basketball. And I would use what is Missouri, I think, best victory, which would be the road win in Tennessee Absolutely. six days ago. And it wasn't all that surprising to me that the Volunteers bounce back. I think yeah. so much of it is psychological and you dial in. So if you get your ass handed to you like you did at Auburn on Tuesday night, you're not taking it for granted. Yeah. And so the psychology going into the Auburn game was, oh, look at us. We just won at Tennessee and we don't really need to win this. Auburn has to win it. And it, it played out as such. So I realize Missouri perhaps is more um, subservient to their three-pointers than other teams and whether or not those are going down. But I just expect them to play a really solid game tomorrow, and they're at home, and then therefore they will get calls that they wouldn't have gotten at College Station when they played their, uh, what was that, like five weeks ago. Yeah, and also grab some boards. I mean, I'm tired of watching offensive rebounds. Oh, look rebounds. at you holding Dennis Gates accountable. I, I'll know, get back to him. Some, I understand the team is undersized, but rebounding is also about heart, and you got to really you got to dig. All right, next one, fourth bullet. Every new, new stadium I see, including uh, the Bears' new proposed stadium in Arlington Heights, has a retractable roof attached, mm -hmm. as seen this as industry standard. Do you think every new or updated stadium from here on out, outdoors, football and baseball, will be retractable roof? Do you like this move? Secondarily, do you think the Cardinals' next stadium will be a retractable roof? Uh, every football stadium from here on out, retractable roof? Football or baseball. Anything that plays outdoors. Football... I think I'm going to say yes. I would think football more than baseball. Yeah, and I'm going to say no on baseball because baseball doesn't have the cash. Right, yeah. Plus the season, summer, I feel like retractable roof wouldn't be as necessary. And yet I actually feel like baseball has the circumstances impacting its game as right. far as a bigger difference from, say, really even the start of October. Forget about the start of September, much less what you play in in May, June, July, uh, that it really impacts the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's. 
I realized playing in the elements is, of course, part of football. I was listening to the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Major recommendation on that. Oh, my God. Really strong. Really strong. Recap in the Super Bowl? Yeah. God, is it good. Jason, but anyway, yeah, good. Uh, I think uh, well, they both were saying how they didn't mind uh, the field conditions, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. but they're also saying they like the elements. But football plays a good portion of its season, perhaps more than 50%, when you include the whole season and right. not just the regular season, if you include November, December, and January, in the elements. Yeah. Baseball plays virtually its entire regular season in as good of weather as you're going to get throughout most of the United States. And then, uh, you know, you throw Toronto in there, and all of a sudden, the, the World Series, it's it's... 25 degrees. Yeah. It does it's it's, it's absurd. Right. Now you see videos of Bob Gibson striking out 100 Detroit Tigers in 1968 and that's wonderful but the World Series was played in the first week of October then and that's when the weather is the bee's knees oh, yeah. around here. But Major difference between the first week of October and the first week of November. So I, I I would like it to answer your second question. Um yes, I do think the Cardinals next stadium will be retractable roof. Yeah, I, and I bet that'll be unpopular for a lot of people. I personally am not a fan of it, but I've only known the open air stadium. I've never done the, the fact that Minnesota built the stadium here within the last decade and it's open air. Yeah. If, that, if they get to a World Series, and I would imagine inevitably they will in that ballpark, that will be something else. Yeah, I just think of uh, the Mariners Park with that huge retractable roof on the side there that has to move in. I just think it looks so weird. But hey, if it uh, means that the I don't have to watch. October or November baseball in the freezing cold, then so be it. All right, fifth bullet. Oh, hold on a second. You got an offer for $100 here. I'll Venmo Piddles $100 if he takes a picture holding a daiquiri wearing a diaper this Saturday. There you, you go, can, $100 offer. Yeah, I'm not going to sell myself for $100 like that. All right, sounds like there's a negotiation going on yeah, via the Air Comfort Service text line. Raise that, throw another zero on the back end. And big we'll talk. difference, like 31 days, diaper boy. That's from the 573. Yeah, that is a big difference, especially oh, when it comes you got to Jackson. Weather. Jackson's wobbly. But could you imagine sending in such a stupid text? 31 days is a massive difference. I would never call our audience stupid. I'd like to apologize on behalf of uh, Jackson for something that I think he's going to want to have back. And he'll take some time over the weekend to think about it. And he also will issue an apology, most likely via Twitter, where all apologies are accepted and supported. I didn't say the texter was stupid. I said he sent a stupid text. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Uh, All right. Fifth bullet. I'll throw a bill on that too, diaper boy. That's the six <laughs> Oh, diaper boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. I think now, now we're starting to talk. Give me up to four digits and we'll talk. Uh, the NHL is releasing its first behind-the-scenes docu-series love on it. Saturday. Got full swing on Netflix, and we got this now. I love it. You're asking. Give my... me more. Well, then there's my question. Oh, did do, I do think, answer the question? Do you think every league is going to start doing something like this? And more so than that, do you think every team is going to start doing something like that? I would love it if they do. I mean, for baseball, it would be nice to just watch the games before they start micing <laughs> everybody up. But, yes, I think it's smart to do. It yeah. engages oh, people. Yeah. I mean, golf, uh, much less than the Netflix series, is they mic'd up Max Home a couple weeks at Torrey Pines, that, I think is where he won, that right? That was awesome. And then he winds up winning the tournament. Keith Mitchell had top five at Pebble Beach. He was mic'd up. His caddy called him off his shot. Uh, it just gives good insight. The technology is there to do it, and it's good for the sports. I totally agree. I think it it makes 
not into a reality show, but that kind of element where it humanizes players, you learn more about players. That's the best way to market players is show their true personalities, not just have them do like some silly videos right. and stuff. Like that's the way to do it. And the final play, and this is kind of tougher without football season, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Yep. The, all, the final bullet of the six years always your favorite bet of the weekend. I don't even know what I would bet on. I'll take the Battle Hawks minus two at the San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> I'm, I like, I like, I'm tailing. I like this. Uh, I like the McCarron to Aitman combination. McCarron. Touchdown. Nice. Oh, it was a tribute to the Summerall Warner yeah. prole. Warner. Touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown. Couldn't be more simple. Speaking of great calls. Tim McCarver talking about his favorite World Series game with Bob Costas. We'll have that for you on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura. I love this clip. I saw it yesterday and I thought, you know what? I want to share it with the people. Bob Costas and Tim McCarver talking it over. Tim McCarver passing away yesterday at the age of 81. Uh, began to talk about it a little bit in our first segment here on 101 ESPN. Uh, not only did uh, I love listening to him just in general with Joe Buck, and, uh, and like I said, I think he was on the call of uh, the Dankinger game. I don't really want to go back and watch it per se, but right. I think he was. Uh, and then he and Dan McLaughlin had a great rapport when he came back to St. Louis to wrap up his broadcast career starting in 2014. He sat down with Bob Costas to do an interview at the end of his national broadcasting career, and Costas and McCarver had this conversation regarding the greatest World Series game he ever called. What's the best World Series game that you've been part of, not as a player, but as a broadcaster? Oh, man. It would be very difficult to top... um, Game six of the 2011 uh, Rangers and Cardinals. Uh, the things that happened in that game defy description. To a person watching that game, when Josh Hamilton hit the two-run home run, everybody in America knew that game was over. There is no way a team can come back and do what the Cardinals did. Yeah, and everyone and yet, remembers. John Jay and Daniel Descalso, two left-handed batters, get two hits off a left-handed pitcher. And then Berkman got the tying hit. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, how can these things happen? And Joe's iconic call. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. To be sitting next to Joe Buck and 20 years earlier, sitting next to Jack Buck when they both made identical calls after games six was to me spooky. Tim McCarver talking with Bob Costas about what he thought was the greatest game he was ever fortunate enough to be on the call of. And I'm glad to hear him say that. I suppose it doesn't matter. It's not going to make it any less special if game six of the 2011 World Series is not considered to be one of the great games in baseball history. Sometimes other games develop that lore over time. Um, I don't know how it can get better than that, but of course I was emotionally involved and I was on the good side of it. I imagine if we were talking with some friends from Dallas, they might not necessarily feel that way. But with that said, um, hearing calls of that game and then also McCarver describing it with Bob Costas 
just like listening to two incredible vocalists. Yeah, for real. Uh, it just puts me in a good place. Yeah. I'm sad he's gone, but he leaves a legacy of being an incredible storyteller, my goodness. Yeah. And he's just one of those guys, when you turned on a game and he was on there, he was kind of laughing and telling stories. It just it just made you feel at home. That's the best way I can describe a Tim McCarver broadcast. Absolutely. And similar to Joe Buck we've talked about before, it feels like a bigger game when McCarver is like on it. You know that something's going on. It's just It feels like really, really cool to be able to watch a baseball game when your team's in it and Tim McCarver's on the call. Uh, he, but the thing is, it wasn't just folksy with him, and it wasn't just telling stories and laughing. Here is 2001, Game 7 of the World Series. Mariano Rivera on the mound looking to close out the Diamondbacks, but alas, here they come. Luis Gonzalez at the plate, and McCarver makes this observation. One of the things you're known for is the first guess, and often almost eerily prescient. And if someone's going to put together a highlight reel, the first thing for you has to be Game 7, bottom of the ninth in Arizona, 2001, Mariano Rivera on the mound. A lot of stuff happened in that inning prior to Luis Gonzalez's game-winning hit. But you called Gonzalez's hit before it happened. The one problem is Rivera throws inside the left-handers. And left-handers get a lot of broken bat hits in the shallow part of the outfield. That's the danger in bringing the infield in with a guy like Rivera on the mound. All I'm doing is recounting my days as a catcher. As an announcer, you have to relay some of the things that you learned on the field, some of the things that you know. Florida, center field, the Diamondbacks are world champions. You take a chance. Whenever you uh, give an opinion based on your prior judgment or whatever, but I, I said it, and, and you can't take it back. I, I'm glad I didn't have to take it back. I'm glad I said it. Uh, but you don't know. I mean, there is risk involved. Well, in it wouldn't have been wrong even if he struck out or hit one in the upper deck. It was that, just that's true. In, it was that's just true. right on the money because yeah. what could have happened did happen. And if you look at the replay of it, the ball barely makes it to the outfield grass. It's right on the the, the yeah. skin of the dirt. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, in, in looking back over my career, that's what I have tried to do. Uh, I've tried to say things without without fear of reprisal. What a great uh, trait as a broadcaster is to have the confidence to go, yeah, this is what I think, and I might catch hell for it, but this is what I think. And in that case, and I didn't realize that. I, I mean, I was certainly watching when Gonzalez got that hit off of Mariano Rivera to win the World Series in 2001. Um, but I think I was, I think I was working in television that night, and it was, I think it was a Sunday night, and and I think it, the volume was down. Had I been watching that. I would have had, you know, in that moment, this appreciation for what he did. Just listening to Joe's call, I love the simplicity of Joe's call. He yeah. lets the crowd noise, you know, tell the story. Gonzalez, floater, base hit, Diamondbacks, our world champions. He waits for uh, the base runner to touch home plate, and it was just absolute perfection. But to make that observation about a guy who most people who are baseball fans view as invincible— and saying, hey, here's the risk with bringing the infield in. Mariano Rivera to left-handed hitters is at risk for a little floater in the outfield. And, and seconds later, the Diamondbacks win the World Series because of that exact circumstance. If yeah. Derek Jeter is playing at normal depth, who knows? The Yankees might have won what would have been, what, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, their fourth straight World Series. 
but McCarver was on that, the first guest. I think that's what gave Tony Romo so much equity yeah. in his early mm-hmm. time at CBS, calling plays. And uh, McCarver was doing that in addition to be entertaining, in addition to telling stories, laughing, and uh, just having a great knowledge and passion for the game. The late, great Tim McCarver, age 81, but will not be forgotten by fans of his play with the Cardinals and his broadcasting over decades, a baseball Hall of Famer. It is 1048 in St. Louis. We'll take a commercial break. Come back with our final segment of Balloon Party for the week. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Final segment, Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura here on 101 ESPN. BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. And we welcome you to uh, get involved. Quick hitters here as we wrap up the week, and then we'll be back at it uh, next Monday, Jackson. Yeah, right back at it. You'll be fresh off of your Soulard dalliances, followed by the Missouri-Texas A&M game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of basketball. we got the All-Star Weekend, Missouri plays. I mean, you'll have every college team play on Saturday. Mardi Gras. Season starting to turn just a little. Just a little. Uh, you feeling spring? I mean, watching golf 47 on 47 days from the Masters. Mm, God, I can't wait. Masters, Cardinal Baseball, uh, NBA Playoffs. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Randy Carricker was listening to this uh, program. Proud of us. said, uh, oh, God, I'm sure. And said, did you uh, catch the absolute disdain with which Jackson said daiquiri? There won't be any daiquiris. <laughs> and I said, I did. It struck me as awfully defensive. And he said it really was. I'm not a daiquiri guy. Why uh, do you frown on gentlemen who drink boat drinks? No, I mean, I'm a staunch believer that boat drinks are delicious. And you should never be feel like you're going to be judged on what you drink. Like what you like. Don't want anyone else's opinion. But a man's man's going to sit there with a single malt scotch and talk about the good old days in his portfolio. Listen, anyone who judges what you drink is projecting their own insecurities upon them. That's what it is. Yeah, 100%. Wow, calling Randy character insecure. No, no. Unbelievable. I would never say anything... I have nothing but great things to say about Randy Carricker. He is truly one of like the nicest and most talented people I've ever met in my life. I, I it is an honor to know Randy Carricker. What I'll say though is tequila and pineapple juice is really delicious. Is that right? So it's a boat drink adjacent, but really, really good. Try it out. But tomorrow you're drinking daiquiris. It's daiquiris all day. <laughs> I guess. I Texas, guess I have no choice. And now. then it's Texas A and M. Somebody sent in a screenshot. I guess they already got a jersey of the uh, new STL City yeah, no, Road quick. Kits. And you love the font of the uh, name. And I would tell you this. This is my way for people going, what do you mean by the font? Hey, moron, you're on the radio. Great observation. I would describe it as such. The Toronto Blue Jays font. The Toronto Blue Jays font. Now, I don't know how many people that resonates with here in the middle of the United States. But uh, that is what I would describe the dog's font with which the names are written on the back of the kit. Yeah. I'm a huge fan, and font is so often underrated when it comes to uniforms. I also often cite the uh, Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and their Times New Roman font that they like to use. No good. The font for the way kits for the dogs, outstanding. Uh, yeah, the Rays, if they could just get a new building, a new font, 
and, and new location. New location, yeah. But otherwise, as far as baseball goes, they do pretty well with the whole thing. Jackson, you didn't mention uh, the Battle Hawks football this weekend. It's from the 980. I mentioned it when I was asked what my favorite bet this weekend was, and I've got the Battle Hawks minus two against the San Antonio Brahmas. Yeah. High on the McCarran to uh, Darnell Coles. Darnell Coles, yeah. Connection. I'm looking to see. I have Coles' first touchdown score, so yeah. hopefully that hits plus 750. Uh, yeah. Battlehawks football this weekend, um, boy, yeah. But now I'm, I like I can't get the Rays font out of my head. Wow, what a what a total pivot! It's like Had absolutely nothing on the Battlehawks. Acknowledged they play this weekend. That went right back as a net to the the Rays font. I clearly can't... exposing a lack of interest or support in the Battlehawks. Your thoughts: three one four three nine 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 six four six. Leave a mic drop. Stephen Wildwood did still can't get on the air. I'm gonna have to figure <laughs> out how to run the board so I can get this damn mic drop on. And honestly, if that's what it takes, I would like to see you run the board. <laughs> run the board. So if that's what it takes, that's what I'll do. I'll just keep I'll just keep having an embargo on it. Are you fools? This can't be for us. <laughs> Talking about jerseys for soccer again. It's from the six one eight. That's right. Well, I mean, they just came out. That's true. Within the last fifty five minutes. Yeah, they just revealed, and at first I thought they were white. And I told you it would be a quick hitter. You could fire anything in, and we would do a quick hitter in the final segment. Yeah, absolutely. And Jackson announced that the jerseys were white, and then. Two minutes later, and told the audience how much he loved the fact they're white on white. And then when he found out they were gray, still loved them nonetheless. I do, but that's that. I know that sounds like I'm moving the goalposts, but I do truly love them, arch gray or otherwise. Uh, amongst the bartending community, there's a phrase: if we all truly drank what we wanted, we'd drink strawberry daiquiris all the time. Piddle say strong. Tim probably secretly drinks sangria. Oh wow, sangria is good. Nice summer drink. You ever dance with a lady to Blake Shelton's sangria? No. I don't think I've ever danced with a lady to Blake Shelton. Mostly, a lot of Shakira. Wow. For that to come in at 10.57 is unfortunate. Uh, Would have been great at 10.07. I could have done two hours on that. All right, last question of the day. How many people watching the XFL are true football fans, and how many are degenerate gamblers percentage-wise? Ooh, I I, I like a good percentage. I think it's different in St. Louis where the Battlehawks have a little more equity than the other franchises. I hope it comes back like it did in 2020. Yeah. I was out of town when that was going on, and it wasn't obviously didn't go on very long because of the, the pandemic, but I would love for it to come back. Agreed. I just I don't sense the same enthusiasm. As far as people gambling, God, if you're gambling on yeah, I would put that in XFL. It's a good time for like a halftime. Somebody to stage an intervention. I would say it's 95 percent football fans, five percent DJ and gamblers. Uh, thanks for banning Stephen Wildwood. Every one of his takes sounds exactly the same. That's from the eight one six. Did you ban him? No, I love Stephen Wildwood. Tim, it, we established he prefers to dance by himself at two p.m. on a Saturday at Tin Roof. That's from the six three six. Yeah, that's unsubstantiated, and I won't stand for it. Piddle's hips don't lie. Kaka, that's from the 314. I'd like to give a text winner uh, for that one. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.